I'm Deidre. I'm Chelsea. And we're giving you a million murders. Hello. Hello. We are back. Back at it. On my birthday weekend. Yes, it's Chelsea's birthday weekend. My birthday's not today, but it is tomorrow. Yes, so by the time you guys hear this episode, it'll be like two weeks ago. But. And I couldn't get off to my birthday because Super Bowl Sunday, so screw all you people that took off. <laughs> wow, okay. I'll have a little family dinner at my dad's, but I'm going to have to sleep all day. Oh. I mean, you could. Yeah. I mean, you no. Okay. Mm-mm. <laughs> I was like, how many points you got? Oh, I could, but it ain't worth it. Mm. Well, just because of a damn football game. Oh, yeah, no, Super Bowl Sunday was always hard to get off for. Like, you had to, mm-hmm. <laughs> you had to <laughs> take off a year in advance. So, alrighty. Well, today, I will be doing... The Winchester Mystery House mm. mm-hmm. in California. California mm-hmm. So, Sarah Lockwood Party, the daughter of Leonard and Sarah Party, was born in 1839 in New Haven, Connecticut. She married William Winchester in 1862 whose father was the founder of the Winchester Repeating Arm Company. Or Arms Company. I have Army Company, though. So I think this must be Arms Company. Anyway, they created the Winchester Repeating Rifle, which was used a lot during the Civil War and other wars as well. It was known as the gun that won the war. So this was, like, a big deal. Mm -hmm. Like, everybody was using these guns. Um... In 1866, Sarah and William had a daughter named Annie Party Winchester, who sadly died of a disease called marasmus, which is malnutrition caused by calorie and protein deficiency. Yeah, and that happened about, like, yeah, a month and a half after she was born. So she... That's terrible. Yeah, so it was super sad. Um... And then in December of 1880, almost in 1980, I was like, wait, wait, wait. In 1880, Oliver Winchester, William's father, would die leaving the company to William. So, yeah, so this has been a little bit after, you know, her daughter died. But, so the dad dies, who started the company, leaves it to William, her husband. Then William died just shy of three months later. Wait a minute. He left it to who? William. His daughter's, his son-in-law? No, his son. She married into the Winchester family. So her husband's William, and then William's dad, Oliver, died, and he left the company to William, her husband. Then, three months later, William died due to tuberculosis. Oh, I was about to say, interesting. (laughs) She don't want all the money. She's like, "Mm." (laughs) like, oh, so sad. No, yeah, so he had... um, tuberculosis so yeah so he died and he left Sarah 50% of the company and 20 million dollars as well so she inherited 
half the company and twenty million from William. Huh. Yeah, making her one of the richest women alive. Ooh, no. <laughs> so she was literally one of the richest women alive for her time. Ball, bowling, bowling. Because this is what eighteen eighty. Oh, oh, she was born eighteen thirty nine. Yes. So, all kinds of money. Then, after William died, you know, she was devastated. And there are many pictures of her wearing all black, which meant she was in mourning. Uh, it's something, I, I swear, I always just want to add something, and I've already written it in. And so I'm like... I did the same thing. And I'm like, oh, you, you put that in there. So this was something that was done in the Victorian era. So, like, there's actually pictures of um, Queen Victoria... From Victoria. Victoria. <laughs> from England. And um, when her husband died, she wore all black, like, forever. So, that's kind of, that kind of feel. So, you know, she's devastated. All this is going on. And she started reaching out to spiritualists and mediums in Boston to understand why her husband and daughter would die so soon. And then there was this one medium named Adam Coons who told her that uh, Sarah's family was cursed and being haunted by the people who were killed by the Winchester rifle and that their deaths were retribution for all the lives that had been lost. Hmm. Yeah, so he's like, this is all happening because your husband's family made this gun and it's crazy. they're coming back to get everybody. So it's like, oh, okay, cool. And... uh he also told her she needed to move out west and start building a house. The good spirits would help her build, but if she ever stopped building, the angry spirits would kill her. She, she's going to have to keep building. Yep. Just going to have to keep building. Or else so, the bad ones are going to kill she her. She's going to be seeing Jesus or something. <laughs> so, whew, it's crazy. Because if she, she can't just build out around and go off in someone's property, she's going to have to start building up. And yeah. then she's going to be like, hey, God. Yeah, so he and he was like, you have to move out west. So she's in the east. She's near Bo- in New Haven, Connecticut. And she's he was like, still living. Oh. I was about to say, dang. <laughs> no. She's like 300 years old. Yeah. <laughs> I can't count. So, yeah, so Sarah moved from New Haven, Connecticut, out west to San Jose, California. She bought 161 acres of orchards, and on the land was an eight-room farmhouse. Now she knew that she was gonna have to keep building, and she done built. She done bought an eight-room house. Mm-hmm. Girl, tear it down. Just, well, just wait. She would turn that eight-bedroom farmhouse into an over twenty-four thousand square foot mansion. So she built till she died. Oh my I god! Mean, we're gonna find I, out. I know. I'm getting ahead. We'll get to it. So, in 1884, uh, building started on the farmhouse and wouldn't stop until her death in 1922. Although there are theories that the construction went on for 24 hours a day. She died two years after my mom was born. Oh, did she? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. Just, I mean, she lived a long time. Yeah, she was almost a She was almost a hundred. She was close. So, yeah. And although there are theories that construction went on for 24 hours a day, Janin Boheme, the house historian, said that it's fiction. Like, that's not true. It is true, however, that the remodeling of the house went on for decades. Winchester would employ around 13 workers at a time. 
And she was known for paying her workers well above the usual rate. Hmm. Yeah, oftentimes she would buy homes for her employees' families to live in while they worked on her home. Well. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Well, who did the house go to? We will get we will Look, get to it. Asking so many questions. Mama I can't remember. Mama I can't remember. wasn't born in 1920. She was born in 1920. She'd be 102 years old. Oh, yeah. She, <laughs> she was born in 1940. Lord. I think. Okay, so we did some, some thinking. Mamaw Dean was born. In 1940. In 1940. So. Yeah, so she's buying houses for her workers. She paid them well above the usual rate. So this was a good job to have, you know. It was probably a little quirky working there, but... You know, you knew you were going to get paid better than anywhere else, yeah. and you could get a house out of it. People people think that around 500 to 600 rooms were built, but only 161 rooms remain. Where did the other ones go? They, well, because she kept remodeling, so, like, actual rooms that were made were like 500 to 600 rooms, but then they would get remodeled over and over again, so... Like, certain rooms were made hundreds of times over, but then once the, like, once she died and construction ended, there were only 161 rooms that were intact to the house. So, like, there may be a little room that was built inside another room or, like, something like that, and then it ended up being, like, knocked down and made into one room and da-da-da-da-da, because, I mean, this went on for years, because she moved out there in 1884. I so bet from... she was mad when she died <laughs> and found out that them ancestors weren't going to do nothing. She stopped building. <laughs> so, yeah. So <laughs> or it... them spirits. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. And so, 161 rooms left, and one was found as recent as 2016. So, like, they found a new room hmm. that they didn't even know about a couple of years ago. The house has 2,000 doors, 10,000 windows, 47 stairways, 47 fireplaces, 17 chimneys, 6 kitchens, 13 bathrooms, which I feel like is a small amount of bathrooms, for 161 rooms. How many? 13? House, 13. Yeah, that's definitely not a lot of bathrooms. Yeah. Um... Oh, yeah, 52 skylights and three elevators. The final cost at the end of construction in 1923 was $5 million, which is $71 million now. So, the windows were very intricate. Some were designed specifically for her and others by her, including a spider web window that featured her favorite web design and the repetition of the number 13. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Oh, Thirteen. another of her preoccupations. Yeah. Thirteen's my favorite number. Because mm-hmm. February 13th's my <laughs> birthday. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. 26 years old. Woo! Anyway. <laughs> this window was never installed, that spiderweb window, but exists in the so-called $25,000 storage room. And it's named that because its contents were originally appraised at the value of $25,000. So that would be equivalent to $387,000 in 2020. I wish I had that. Yeah. A second window was designed by Tiffany himself. And this is 
Louis Tiffany, his dad, was the founder of Tiffany & Co. Mm. Yeah, he's the first designer of the company. So this is like Tiffany. Tiffany & Co. But the Tiffany. I want breakfast with Tiffany. <laughs> is that the same Tiffany? Breakfast at yeah, Tiffany? Breakfast at Tiffany's is... Oh, I love that movie. Like, she's talking... In that movie, they're talking about the store, because by yeah. then it had been... But this is like... I want to go to the actual restaurant. Him. It's not a restaurant. I thought there was a restaurant... Well, I don't... Oh, I don't know. I don't know. There may be a restaurant called Breakfast at Tiffany's, but it's just called that because she... Like, because of the store. Yeah, I knew it was a store, but I thought they had opened an actual restaurant. There could be. I don't Mm. know. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. And so, that window that he designed for her, um, when the sunlight would strike it, uh-huh. The prismatic crystals made a rainbow that cast across the room. Huh. Yeah, fancy. The window was installed in an interior wall in a room with no light exposure, preventing the effect from being seen. Why? I don't know. So, <laughs> why would you do it? Right. Right. A Tiffany glass window. Just bougie. So, the house was also built in an odd way to confuse the spirits that would come to haunt her. There are staircases that lead to nowhere, narrow hallways and doors that open to brick walls, and there's even a door on the second floor of the house that leads nowhere. If you were to open it, thinking that you were entering another room, you would walk through and fall two stories to the ground below. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I have to put signs up because it's like, don't. Just two stories, just... Can you tour this house? Mm-hmm. We should tour this house. I know. I want to. I'd be the one to fall two stories, and then <sighs> y'all be taking me back dead in a casket. I can't. <laughs> so, in 1906, the Great San Francisco Earthquake caused three floors of the then seven-story seven story house. Seven stories. I told you she's going to have to get up her Jesus. <laughs> yeah. The higher, the higher the house, the closer to God. So, three floors caved in, in the, when the earthquake happened. A 1900 postcard of the place shows a tower that was later toppled by the natural disaster. That tower, plus several other rooms destroyed in the disaster, were never rebuilt, but cordoned off, making the house four stories. As for Sarah, she was safe but stuck in the daisy bedroom, named for the floral motif in its windows. She had to be dug out by her staff as its entrance was blocked by rubble. Mm-mm. Can you? I hope that worm had a bathroom. Well, it was a bedroom, so it may have. But, I mean, who knows? So she got stuck in there, and they had to dig her out. <sighs> what a time to be alive. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, ugh, just stuck just stuck and that house is so tall i mean i don't know what did it tell what story i don't think it told what story the daisy bedroom's on but i mean you hear the rubble fall like you hear it toppling down Mm. so sarah went on to purchase a second home in atherton where she could be closer to her sister isabel and her niece daisy sarah spent a great deal of time there until her death september 5th 1922 sarah winchester passed away at the house 36 years of construction stops at the news of Mrs. Winchester's death. 
There were nails left halfway inserted into the wall. Now, how come you couldn't just go ahead and finish the nail? <laughs> I don't know. They were like, they're like, well, I'm out of here. Well, you was getting paid good. Yeah, like, what? they just, they were like, we're leaving it the way it is. So, yeah, like, the construction literally stopped. It was just, they just left it. And a service was held in Palo Alto, California, and she was buried at the Alta Mesa Cemetery until she was transferred to New Haven, Connecticut. So, she was buried there, but then they moved her back to her hometown. Now, why couldn't you just not bury her to where you had to get dig her up, dig her back up? I don't know. And it sounds like it was a while. I mean, maybe, I don't know. Maybe they were like, we've got to bury her now, at least. I don't know. Oh, my Lord. I don't know. I don't know if it was like a last minute decision or somebody decided later. Oh, yeah. Okay, so... She was buried next to her husband and their infant child in Evergreen Cemetery. She left a will written in 13 sections, which she signed 13 times. The belongings in Winchester Mystery House were left to her niece, Daisy Marriott, who auctioned off almost everything. She's like, I'm getting money today. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Daisy inherited 3000 from her aunt, the contents and personal possessions from both Sarah's home's both of Sarah's homes, and the income from a $200,000 trust for the remainder of her life. In December of 1922, the auction sale of the mystery house and the surrounding acreage is finished and is divided and sold. She also gave $1 million to the local hospital back in New Haven. So that's cool. So, you know, this is all... I mean, a $200,000 trust back then... Yeah. Is a lot of money. So, all kinds of money. So, yeah, she gave that million dollars to the hospital, too. And then in April of 1923, John and Mame Brown come into the picture. One of John's inventions, the backity-back coaster in Canada. Uh-uh. Yeah, backity-back. Backity-back. Um, killed a woman who was thrown from a car. After her death, the Browns moved to California when the Winchester house went up for rent, John and Mame jumped at the chance. So they were like, ooh, we don't have this roller coaster and this woman was thrown from it and died, so we just gonna roll out. And then they find out the Winchester house is up for rent, so they're like, we'll take it. Of course. <laughs> yeah. They were planning to build a theme park, and I'm like, y'all already did this. There's already a theme park in the house. <laughs> yeah, the house is a theme park. So... They were planning to build a theme park that would feature one of the earliest known wooden roller coasters. They ran into restriction and the public being way more interested in the house. So they decided to reopen the house to the public instead. So they kind of, you know, it wasn't working out and people were like, we want to go in the house. So they're like, all right. So they opened it to the public. Over 12 million people have visited the home since it opens its, since it opened its doors in 1923. Harry Houdini, who was a famous magician, I feel like he visited one of my other places, too. One of your places. One of my places that I've done in the story. Or, I mean, I did this, I wrote this in, like, August of last year, so maybe I'm just remembering it from there. But either way, Harry Houdini, famous magician, visited the mansion on Halloween night in 1924 he was known to debunk paranormal stories in different places, 
but he left with more questions than answers and famously referred to it as the mystery house. Up until now, it was called Yanada Villa. After Houdini coined the name, the house started marketing itself as the Winchester Mystery House. In 1974, the house is granted state historic landmark status and is listed on the National Register of Historic Places. So Harry Houdini is the reason it's called the Winchester Mystery House. Yeah. Uh, In 1996, it is named a San Jose City Landmark. And in 2018, they made a film starring Helen Mirren as Sarah Winchester called called Winchester. That's loosely based on her life and the paranormal events that take place there. So, you know, that one came out not too long ago and I still haven't seen it. And what's it called? Winchester. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. Mm-hmm. In a 2018 article in USA Today, Brian Alexander writes that the staff doesn't have anything to say about personal paranormal experiences, but will relate stories about experiences that visitors have had. So they're like, I'm not going to talk about what I've seen, but we'll tell you what everyone else has seen. So I don't know if they haven't experienced anything or they're just not going to like. They're just too scared. <laughs> I don't know. So some people well, Jim Carrey. Yeah, Jim Carrey. Yeah. He was like, I'm not saying yeah. nothing. Yeah, Stanley Hotel, taking it to the grave. Um, so, uh, Magnuson, which I guess is someone who works at the place, because I don't have <laughs> who that is, but this Brian Alexander guy is quoting someone with the last name Magnuson as saying, you definitely have folks who are very into the paranormal. They have heard a lot of stories about this place and want to experience it. As far as the hauntings go, some employees and a few visitors have claimed to have seen a man named Clyde. Clyde is a mustached man, sometimes seen pushing a wheelbarrow into the basement or trying to repair the fireplace in the ballroom. I wonder if it was Bonnie's Clyde. (laughs) (laughs) What he did before that. Before he was... Lying and cheating and stealing and killing. (laughs) People have come up to management and said, we really like the actor who was repairing the ballroom fireplace, wearing white overalls and a Victorian boater hat. Like, they're like, this is so authentic. And they're like, they have to break the news to them that they didn't hire an actor. Like, there's, there's, (laughs) there shouldn't (laughs) be anybody here. You didn't see a ghost girl. Clyde is a popular ghost at Winchester, and they even have a picture of him on their website. Uh-uh. In his underwear. What? Overalls. Oh, overalls. <laughs> mm, I'm dead. Just some old man. And... Oh, I'm dead. White lawn johns. Yes, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> but yeah, no, so I, I went and looked at it, and like, <sighs> I went and looked at it, and Clyde was, like, there was a worker named Clyde there, and they have a picture of, like, some of the people who did construction on the house. So I'll put that on our Instagram. Instagram, straight flick. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So here's a couple of things that have, you know, happened paranormal wise. So there have been gentle tugs of shirts and skirts during tours. A maintenance guy, Denny, who works at the mansion, has his own story. So like, I guess some people weren't telling stuff, but some people are because here's maintenance guy, Denny, telling what happened to him. I don't know. So one morning, after entering the water tower, he heard footsteps coming from above him. He went upstairs to let them know that the water tower is off limits, but the footsteps always seemed to be one step ahead of him and one floor above. His, his, he ended up on the roof alone with no one in sight. So he just kept trying to 
huh. find this person to tell him, hey, you can't be here. Oh and they were always like a floor above him and he could never catch up to him. And then he got to the top and nobody was there. Nobody was there. <laughs> no one was there. Um, famous paranormal researchers have come to the house as well, including Zach Baggins, Baggins from Ghost Adventures, Sylvia Brown, and a famous medium named James Fenproff. Now, Sylvia Brown is ratchet. I'm going to say it. Um, I think she's passed away now. I can't remember, though. I'm always saying somebody died and they're still alive. So I won't, don't quote me on that. But she was on the Montel Williams show all the time. And those girls that were locked in that house in Cleveland. Sylvia Brown? Yeah, Sylvia Brown. Amanda. No, she did. Yeah, that's what I thought. Amanda Berry. But, um, I've got it right here. Oh, I wish I would just read my stuff. Okay, I'm just going to go on and then I'll tell you what I was about to tell you because I wrote it in here again. So, yeah, Zach Bagans, Sylvia Brown, and a famous medium named James Van Pra, who apparently, James, apparently channeled Sarah at a seance dinner. He claimed that she expressed happiness that the house was being visited by so many people. Now, here's what I put about Sylvia Brown. Now, I don't like Sylvia Brown because Amanda Berry, who was one of the three girls tied up uh, in Ariel Castro's house in Cleveland. So Amanda Berry's mom went on Montel Williams and asked her if Amanda was still alive as Sylvia. Because people would go on there, like they'd ask. It was kind of like... Um, she would ask if her daughter was alive? Yeah, like people would go, Sylvia would be on the Montel Williams show and people would come and ask questions. And since Sylvia's a medium, she's oh, supposed she's to know. Oh, I don't. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. That's why I was confused. Oh, yeah, because I, I didn't put that she was a medium. But, yeah, so Sylvia Brown was a medium. And, um, yeah, she was always on Montel Williams. So, Amanda's mom, because this is still, I mean, she was missing for years. Like, I don't know how long it was. Um, but, you know, Amanda Berry's mom went on the show to ask if Amanda was still alive. And she told her she was dead. So then Amanda Berry's mom thinks her daughter is dead all this time, but really she's stuck, still alive, in Ariel Castro's house. That's like around the corner from her house, which her her mom moved to Florida at one point. So it wasn't around the corner from her anymore, but like she was still alive. And then the mom ended up dying seven years before they found her. So she went to her grave thinking her daughter was dead because Sylvia Brown told her that she was. I'm like, and then when she died, she found out she wasn't dead. Yeah. Going I, to the grave. And when Sylvia got there, I've been like, she's dead. hey, boo. Yeah. Remember, you told me my daughter was dead? Well, she's not. So, how you doing? You lying. So, anyway, I don't like Sylvia Brown because she's, cause she's a phony. You know, she may have been right about some things, but how are you going to tell? Like, if you... Why would you tell somebody that their daughter was dead? I would just be like, oh, I can't see it. Because now you didn't tell her she's dead and she was alive. Still needing help. I don't know. I, there's, I have a whole new subject on medians. I ain't even gonna go there. Yeah, so another story uh, comes from a man working on one of the restoration projects. He started his day early in a section with several fireplaces known as the Hall of Fires. The house was dead quiet before tours got underway and he was working up on a ladder when he felt someone tap him on the back. He turned to ask what the person wanted, and no one was there. No one was there. Again. (laughs) 
Reassuring himself he just imagined the sensation, he went back to work, only to experience what felt like someone pushing against his back. That was enough. He hurried down the ladder, crossed the estate, and started on another project, figuring that someone or something didn't want him to work in the Hall of Fires that day. Huh. Mm-mm, pushing on your back like, no, 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 no. On the ladder, I'd be like, get off of me. So, then there's a tour guide named Samantha, and she had recently led some visitors into the Daisy Room. I don't know it's Samantha. <laughs> <laughs> so, she was... um. Yeah, given a tour of the Daisy bedroom where Sarah Winchester was trapped, you know, in the earthquake in 1906. And Sarah was about to begin her spiel when a very clear sigh came from down the hallway outside the bedroom door. Thinking one of the guests had merely fallen behind, Samantha turned to call the person into the room but saw no one. Then, as her eyes adjusted to the darkened hallway, she did see something. The form of a small dark person slowly emerged gliding around a corner Samantha Samantha quickly stepped around the corner and saw nothing but heard yet another deep sigh she felt that it was the tiny form of Sarah Winchester herself perhaps peeved to find people in her favorite bedroom she's like like, I'm trying to go in here but all y'all in here so I'll just I'll just make a lap and come back (laughs) they'll be gone by then so, yeah. Um, so, she did like that bedroom. It was still her favorite bedroom, even though she was trapped in there. she was trapped. <sighs> so, yeah. And Sarah Winchester was really, really little. She was like... Yeah. I don't remember if she was four foot something, but she was no taller than like five feet, at least. Mm-hmm. Like, she was very little. Um, so, another story from a worker. I don't know. I use different articles to piece together my story. So I know that one article must have said that people weren't saying it. And then I found an article where people were saying it because all these are from employees. So this is a contradiction. Like whoever I took that from didn't know what they were talking about. Cause here we are with eight accounts <laughs> from employees. But anyway, another story from a worker at the mansion told insider newspaper this, Outside in the front gardens of the mansion, I noticed something out of the corner of my eye. It was what appeared to be a bushy-haired woman staring out one of the windows on the second floor. As she saw me, she turned and walked away. I originally thought nothing of it, but a few weeks later I learned that when photos were taken with these specific second-floor windows, sometimes a bushy-haired woman had appeared in the background. The employee also said, I was going to clock out for the day, and on the way, I saw a small woman dressed in black. Why did I say woman weird? I was going to clock out for the day, and on the way, I saw a small woman dressed in black near the picnic gardens. It put me on edge a little, so I hurried to clock out. (laughs) On my route back through the estate, the woman wasn't there anymore. The woman looked like Mrs. Winchester. An employee at the house also said, as recently as April of 2019, an architect historian met with Janan, the Janan Boheme from earlier, mm-hmm. uh, to present his finding, findings on who had most likely created the amazingly beautiful stained glass windows in the mansion. How to take a breath. <laughs> mm-hmm. Janan was convinced that at least one of the mysteries of the house had finally been solved, but there was no hard evidence. Then the strangest thing happened, recounts Janan. The very next day, 
a restorer uncovered a perfectly preserved envelope that had been hidden inside a wall for 125 years. Addressed to Mrs. S.L. Winchester, it bore the elaborate logo of the Pacific American Decorative Company, the very company the researcher had concluded was the maker of Sarah's windows. So they were like, we think we know who did it, but they didn't know for sure. And then all of a sudden, this envelope was found perfect condition after 125 years. That was like, she was like, I'll just (laughs) find it. And so they were right. Like it was this Pacific American decorative company. So I'm going to talk a little bit about Helen Mirren and, you know, when she was researching the role and stuff and everything. So Helen Mirren didn't know about the mystery house when she took the part of Sarah Winchester. So she had no, like, didn't know anything about it, which I'm like, how could you not? But it's Britain. So, I mean, I mean, I didn't know anything about it till today. Really? Yeah. Oh, I love this house. It's so cool. So she loved how there were only speculations as to why she built the house and the mystery behind it. They filmed some of the movie in the house, by the way. Oh, okay. So that's cool. Love it. There is good energy here, even if none of the ghost stories are true. Sarah Winchester was a truly fascinating person, Mirren said. (laughs) And she also said, I feel it is haunted by something very benign. I feel sort of a great... I feel a sweetness in this house, not a horror. The, the, why can't I read? There's a sweetness in it. It is haunted by something sweet, if it's haunted. So she's like not really saying how she felt. She's like, I don't know if they're true, but she's fascinating. And if it is haunted by something, it's something sweet. It's not like a scary ghost, mm-hmm. if it's haunted. I'm like, so did you, did you, did nothing happen to you? Just curious. Tell us, Helen. Um, despite providing more realistic theories from Winchester's mysteries, Bohem announced, or Boam, I bet it's Boam. It's spelled like, it's spelled like Boam. Anyway, Boam admitted that she has heard name whispered. Oh, Jesus. Despite providing more realistic theories for Winchester's mysteries, Boam admitted that she has heard her name whispered behind her back when no one else was in the room. However, she hopes people come to the house to learn more about how Winchester was a creative businesswoman. I'd like to think that people come to appreciate Sarah as more than just this eccentric, ghost-ridden, tragic figure, Bohem said. She was actually a pretty interesting person, a smart lady, and she was good to her employees. She was never afraid of trying something new, and she was a really good person. Hmm. Yes, and that is... The story of the Winchester Mystery House. Boom. Boom. San Jose, California. Have to fly to get there. You ain't got to fly to get to California. I mean, you unless you plan on driving two days to well, get there. You ain't got to fly. I'm flying. You ain't flying. Yes, you ain't flying. You ain't flying. No, you going to be driving. I'm not, fly, I'm not driving <clears throat> all the way to California. I will be flying and going by air while you go by land but anyway y'all so that is that i hope you all enjoyed it you know i done gave you a new story uh-huh and it was good thanks good job an avocado thanks i don't know what's the map. <laughs>
So yeah, that is it. And let's see if you have any questions, comments, concerns, um, suggestions for stories, then you can email us at a million murders at gmail.com. You can also go and follow us on Instagram. Check out the pictures we post about each case. And we have Facebook page mm-hmm. <laughs> that you can start a discussion, a debate. Girl, we like debates. So yeah. Tell us what whatever, you think. Whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Huh? You said Instagram already. I didn't I realize. See, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, that is all. So thank you all for tuning in. And we hope you come back for a million more. more. Bye. Oh, oh, okay. Nope. We got it. Bye. (laughs)